Welcome to the His Light and Life podcast with your host, Mark, who will be your guide to enhance, deepen, and enrich your Christian life. To turn your focus away from just getting by to walking with God in His light and life. Welcome back to His Light and Life. We're going to continue on our talk about the holy life, the overcoming life. A bunch of names for it. I like them all. <laughs> I say them a lot because I love them all. It's because I found that the um, I found that the um, experiences that the individuals that I have studied and read who had it that their experience is really what determined what they ended up calling it and it's important i mean i didn't make the connection i'll be honest with you i didn't make the connection I, i've read these guys for years and years and years and women as well uh ruth paxson i read these people for years and never made the connection the simple connection that linked them all together it's an interesting aside that um Almost everyone in that book, um, they found the secret. Um, they had met. I, I mean, I mean, Hudson Taylor was in, uh, in in China Inland Mission. He was in China, and Andrew Murray was in South Africa. Amy Carmichael, she was in India. Uh, Albert Simpson was in America. It's, uh, it's incredible. G. Campbell Morgan was in England. It's just incredible, um, to see that they had all known each other and they had all come to the, now here, this is an important distinction. They had entered into the, this, this experience in God, this deeper walk with God when they didn't know each other. <laughs> so it isn't like, they all kind of came together and then they all went away with some kind of an experience. That's not how it happened. They had, um, Donald Gray Barnhouse. He wrote a, he wrote a great book, how to be holy. He was an American Presbyterian minister. Um, um, James Robinson, who I mentioned earlier, you know, just a great phenomenal American evangelist. I mean, major evangelist in defeat. He will tell you that as a minister in defeat, he broke all of Elvis Presley's attendance records across America. And he would, he would come off the stage and he would go back into his private life in complete and total defeat. He, he describes it in a series of sermons I have that he preached up in Vancouver. Um, so fallen from the grace to live the overcoming life that he prayed to die. And, uh, Mark Rutland, another great American um, evangelist, pastor, pulled a three fifty seven Magnum out of his drawer, put it in his mouth, pulled the trigger, and it misfired. Pulled it again, and it misfired again. God showed him the way into the overcoming life. It has been an incredible experience, and I'd, I had known these individuals, events, and people um, having read every single thing they wrote, but never made the connection, never made the connection how Amy, Amy Carmichael, just a little Irish woman 
went to in, in India and did what she did, the orphanage. Wrote a phenomenal book called If. Never realized that she had entered into the to the overcoming Christian life. Just thought, you know what? Of course, she's <laughs> she's she's a little she's an Irish girl who heard the call of God and went to India as a missionary and and and, and you know just this pure pure little girl, this lady. I shouldn't call her a little. This lady, young girl. Of course she. Of course she was. You know, pure, <laughs> right? I mean, you know, I was four years in the service battalion. I was in the military. <laughs> I mean, profanity and cigarette smoking and drunkenness was kind of like lunch, right? Of course, it was easy for her. Of course, it was, you know, far, far easier for somebody like that than me. You know, I was 25 when I was converted. I was, I was as worldly as you could be. Of course it was easy for them. I've got all this stuff to unravel. I've got all of this, all of these past habits that have to be shaken, that have to be, yeah, it's easy to read Hebrews chapter 12. Just lay aside the sin that so easily besets. <laughs> just, oh, just lay it aside. You know, like, <laughs> like, it. you know, you take off a dirty shirt and throw it in the laundry. Oh, there. Okay. Done with that. Uh, yeah, right. Unfortunately, that was not how it was. That was not how it was. And the deep desire to live the deep things of God just made it worse. Because you, it, it's like, of course, it's, it's, you have this incredible hope and you have this incredible desire and you have this incredible, you know, just a, a sense of, through my conversion, an incredible sense of, <laughs> you better, right? <laughs> because I knew, <laughs> I knew the depths. I knew the depths of our predicament before the face of God. I mean, I had, I had encountered, um, his, his righteousness when I was born again. And I knew that that standard was higher than I had dreamed that I could have imagined. And I, and I had made a commitment to try to achieve it. And, um, and, uh, smoke and ashes was, uh, <laughs> What's <laughs> all that was left four years later? I made it four years. <laughs> oh, I say that jokingly now, but I, it was not a fun at the time. But yeah, smoke and ashes at the end of it, absolutely. Uh, and that's where you will end up. Uh, maybe have. I hope you haven't. But I started something the last time, and I was saying about the encouraging that the encouragement that I've received from young people. I saw it first in my children, and then I've seen it in others. When somebody doesn't have when somebody doesn't have 20 years or 10 years of church attendance indoctrination and they hear the truth of the overcoming Christian life, boom, just as easy as anything. It's just like, that's, well, that's the way it is. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, that's, oh, okay. Cause they've never been legalistic. They never put their hand to the plow. They haven't, they haven't tried to achieve something in their own strength. They haven't heard it over and over and over again to the point where they believe it. It's unfortunate that so many people have sat in the same church for so many years. They've heard the same things over and over, and they've never even questioned if it's true. There's just there's things that are all over our society. You know, it's like what Mark Twain said. It's not the things that you don't know that get you in trouble. It's the things that you do know that just aren't real, that just aren't true. That's where your problems are. And in Christianity more than any other place. 
in more than any other place because the goalposts, the, the, the level of achievement is so easy. Just sort of like just a little kick and it scores because the standards that we believe that God has for us are so low. Basically, very low. But they're not. The standards that God has for us to achieve, um, let me just say it right off the front, they're impossible. They're impossible. And that's one of the major keys to the overcoming Christian life. The abundant Christian life. The victorious Christian life. A life that's pleasing unto God the overwhelming majority of the time. I mean on a personal level. On a, on a behavioral level. The life that's pleasing unto Him. The majority of the time. It's impossible. You can't do it. It's not achievable. If you had a thousand lifetimes... In your current condition, you couldn't achieve it. Because the only tools that you have in your tool bag are the very source of your defeat. It is like trying to dry your hands in a sink full of water. Because the very thing that you're engaging with is your undoing. And that is that you have the mind, thoughts, attitudes, beliefs, tendencies of Adam. You have the will, desires, hatred for God, opposition for God, tendency to self-reliance, tendency to self-trust, wanting to be in charge of your own destiny, wanting to make your own decisions, and emotions, which are touchy, petty, insignificant, variable, shifting, changing, inside of a physical body that has been trained by you to love, pleasure, and hate pain. And so you have the mind, will, and emotions of Adam in a physical body that are all in rebellion against God. And that's what you have available to you to attempt to live the overcoming life. The revelation comes inside of you of a man in a boat, the Lord high and lifted up, and just like that fish, now you're going to try to achieve life in that boat. You're going to try to live in the water world of fish communities, the standards, methods, ways, purposes, ideas of the man in the boat. Impossible. Impossible. And that's why I said in our first, uh, first podcast in this series, The Victorious Christian Life, Almost all, well, not almost, all of the people who have achieved or entered into or the Lord has graciously revealed to them 
the keys or the methods or whatever you want to call it, the entrance into the victorious Christian life, the abundant Christian life, they all came to it from a point of defeat. And the young people today are coming to it and will come to it from a position of pure acceptance. They've heard nothing else. They've heard nothing else. Most Christians don't know that their mind, will, and emotions are still of Adam. They just call it the flesh, but they don't understand it. So there's so much undoing that needs to be done. And as I've said early on, I don't believe that God, he, well, <laughs> give me an example of where he takes people that have been in the church for 20 years, 30 years, and then uses them as the, as the, as the vanguard of some revival or movement in, in the church never happens. He raises up an Evan Roberts. He raises up a David. He raises up a Samuel. He raises up a Jonathan. The glory of the young is their strength. And the glory of the young is the fact that they don't have a head full of religion because religion is the biggest barrier to the overcoming Christian life. A whole bunch of Christianese, the Christian language, the Christian methods, the posing and the posturing and the positioning that you have to engage in if you're going to engage in, in, in circles of Christians, in, in gatherings and groups. You just have to put on, you feel it, you have to put on this something. You can't walk into church like you're going to a sports event. You have to, you change the way you think and talk and just for a little while. And of course, there's no, there's no temptation or evil in that building. So, hey, makes it a little easier. Get back in your car and some 18 wheeler tries to take you into the guardrail and uh, your situation is radically different. Go to your ATM machine and find out that the bank has screwed up and your cards doesn't work. That's happened to me. You know, things like that. The day-to-day -day Christian life. The everyday Christian life. That just is not going to support. Just not going to support. The other everyday world, worldly encounters aren't going to support your Christian life. But God can take young people and he can share with him. He can tell them. They can hear the truths, of the simple truths of the overcoming Christian life. And they accept it straight off. They accept it straight off. Okay? And that's why we're that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. God always uses another generation, a young generation. And it's important to note that every generation has a move. They have a move of the spirit and that they're called into the kingdom. God calls those elected before the foundations of the in the world into the kingdom young. Less mess to clean up. It doesn't wait until they have a failing marriage and three children to blow up their life with their conversion. Very rare. Christians that are listening to me that have been in this walk for a long time, tell me about the last person you knew in their 40s and 50s who got saved. I haven't seen that in a long, long time. Young people? My goodness gracious. You can run into a young person and, and they're a Christian and they're, you know, they're sold out. They're going to youth groups and they're doing this and that and the other thing. And they have one huge disadvantage is they really don't understand the things of God. And the, where they are, they're not going to learn. They're not going to learn. You're not going to learn in some yeah, sort of a, you know, a Wednesday night counseling group and some sort of like 
you know, camp, camp sort of kumbaya meeting. You will not. No. Christianity, the overcoming Christian life, is absolutely 100% resisted by everything in this life. So therefore, it's going to take more than an hour on Wednesday to overcome that. And I knew that with my kids. And that's why they grew up knowing that God is with you all the time. That this is not a day, you know, a Sunday you set aside a certain time or Wednesday night you set aside a certain time. They didn't go to youth group. <laughs> they didn't go to youth group because I couldn't risk, I couldn't risk what they would hear. Because I, <laughs> I knew the damage that it can result in if it isn't right. And I can't sit with them there all the time. So I taught them. I trained them. <laughs> and I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did. You know? They knew. <laughs> they knew don't lie to daddy because God, the Holy Ghost is going to tell them. <laughs> You're not going to get away with it. <laughs> he's not going to tell him what you did, but he's going to tell him that you didn't do what you said. <laughs> and they knew the reality of it. They experienced the reality of it. God wasn't ethereal. He wasn't some sort of, you know, experimental sort of project that was going on. They knew. And they knew that daddy could hear him and uh, that they weren't going to get away with anything. And that not only that daddy could hear him, but that he was watching them. But more important than that, that he loved them. So they knew they were loved. I didn't pray over my children in a traditional way before they went to school. I put my hands on them and I bowed my heart and I blessed them. That the blessings of the Lord Jesus Christ would be on them that day. And they went out the door feeling blessed of God. But anyway, I want to read this portion right here. I've read some of it before and it's out of a book power from on high by Charles Finney. And I, uh, wow. I think of how long ago I had this book and for many years it eluded me, but uh, I want to read this portion right here. He says, sin is nothing else than the voluntary ultimate preference or state of, of committal to self-pleasing out of which the volitions, the outward actions, purposes, intentions proceed. So if you think about that, that sin in the basic of it is the pursuit of selfishness. It's a selfish pursuit. And he says here, and all the things that are commonly out of which all the things which are commonly called sin proceed. Um, now religion resolves against this, but I like what he says here. Love is the fulfilling of the law, but we do not produce love by resolution. Do we eradicate selfishness by, resol by resolution? No, indeed. We may suppress this or that expression or manifestation of selfishness by resolving not to do this or that. That's the leash and the muzzle that you've heard me mention. And praying and struggling against it, we may resolve upon an outward obedience and work ourselves up to the letter of an obedience to God's commandments, but to eradicate selfishness from the breast by resolution is absolutely absurdity. And I've already stated on this one, this podcast here, that the overcoming, the overcoming Christian life is impossible. 
and it is impossible. You cannot achieve it. It cannot be lived in your own strength. You can't eradicate selfishness by yourself. I mean, I equate it. There's a million examples I've come up with over the years, but it's kind of like it's trying to change the clothing on your reflection in a mirror, right? You can't do it because you can't change. You can't make these changes that are needed in your heart and life and thinking that are required to live the overcoming Christian life by yourself. Because any tool that you would pick up to do that is an instrument of your fallen sinful life. The Adamic nature that's inside of us. So you're using the tools of failure to try to achieve success. It's impossible. It has to be acted upon by a greater force. It has to be overcome by a greater force. The TV, in my analogy before, playing loud is overcome by the louder stereo. The law of gravity is overcome by the law of thrust and lift. Decay inside of a refrigerator is overcome by electricity and a condenser. Okay? You can't use the very thing that you're trying to eradicate to eradicate with. It has to come to you. It has to come to you from outside of you. You have to be acted upon by a greater force. And that greater force can't be within you. It has to come from without, outside of you. And when it comes, you realize that, it, that it's how easy then, when the power is there, to lay aside the sin that so easily besets. And every weight. And run with patience the race that is set before us. I want to thank you for joining me today on His Light and Life. We have lots to say about this, and uh, we will say it. Thank you for listening to His Light and Life. Do you have questions or want to speak with Mark? Please reach out using the email in the description. We'll see you next time on His Light and Life.